Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Glory Glory My Night podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kyle Quinn. And Bruce is back with me again today to review the Dortmund game and take an in-depth look at the new signing, the new striker at last, Rasmus Hoyland. How's it going, Brush? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Yourself? All good, all good. Uh, apart from those three defeats in a row in pre-season, <laughs> <laughs> putting a bit of a dampener on our mood currently, but then it's only pre-season and don't, you can't take that too seriously. Um, comment right, right, right away here from Eagle Eye Football. Why is Maguire so protected? Onana did nothing wrong, yet the media have been called him. Uh, <laughs> when is Bruce going to face reveal? <laughs> um, yes, um, that, we'll get on to that later in the show, the whole Onana Maguire thing, which has caused quite a stir on on social media. First of all, what do you think of this new X up? Like, it's no longer called Twitter. It's now called X. Uh, I am yet to update the app, so I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it updated automatically in my phone. And oh, it's, okay. It's taken a while to get used to it because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm flicking around my phone looking for the Twitter app and I can't find it. And I'm like, where is yeah, it? <laughs> I've heard this has been a problem for a fair few people. Yeah, they've just uh, not even realised. Um, I don't really understand it, to be honest. Um, it's a bit crazy to get rid of a like a well-known brand and icon that people can instantly recognise. Bit of a strange move. It seems like uh, Musk is trying to make it similar to his other brands. You know, um, SpaceX, for example. Um, he's called. I don't. How long do you think? Yeah, it's maybe it's it's very strange though. Like when a brand is already established to do that. You know, imagine if somebody came in and bought McDonald's and got rid of the Golden Arches. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It just shows you how how arrogant the man is, really. How long do you think this will last before it goes back to being Twitter again? Uh no idea. I'm hoping <laughs> soon. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it hasn't forced me to update. I usually only update stuff when it forces me to. So uh, I'm in the clear for the time being, but we'll see how long that lasts. Um. Yeah. Eagle Aid says that his update automatically as well, and he says that you. Or yet to update WhatsApp. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to. It forced me. It forced me, Rich. It locked me out. <laughs> usually they warn you, I think, when there's like two weeks to go, uh, asking you if you want to update. And I usually just put it off until uh, until it no longer works, basically. <laughs> yeah. You're not fond of the updates then? No, no, no. They keep messing things up. And yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not fond of things changing position when you're used to it. It's just it's weird. There's no need for it. Yeah, there's there's no point in change for the sake of change, is there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd rather they took a Porsche sort of model where the 911 hasn't really changed. And if you look back through history of the 911s, you can tell that it's kind of kept its identity. Yeah, definitely. Okay, back to the football then. Um, first of all, we talk about the, the game last night or today, depend, depending on what time zone you're in. Um, another defeat in pre-season for United. Um, mm-hmm. Individual errors costing us goals. Um, at least we got a couple of goals in this game, unlike the, the, the previous game against Madrid. Um, absolutely unbelievable goal by Dallo. I just wish he would do that more in the Premier League. Um, and a typical Anthony goal, uh, just uh, a curler with his, his, his left foot into the bottom corner um, after it kind of fell to him, really, after poor defending. But... Yeah, um, the first goal, I think, was a mistake by Brandon Williams um, initially. Uh, and then it was just 
catalogue of errors, really. Um, second goal, Lindelof, I think, gave the ball away. And then Williams was playing somebody onside. Uh, disaster. And then was it the third goal? I'm trying to think of the third goal. Who made the error for that? Was, who was it again? Oh, Juan Bissaka. Yeah, he gave the ball away. Um, it, was a, it was a joint effort, wasn't it? It was just a calamity of errors. Um, I think that's the only disappointing thing for me. Like the goals could have been prevented, but again, like you say, it's pre-season, so I don't really know what to make of it, to be honest. Yeah, um, it was strange. First of all, that he selected a reserve eleven in this game yeah. against Dortmund, and they played about sixty-two minutes before the kind of the big guns came on. Um, I know, I know, everybody needs to get you no know, proper minutes, but I expected in a game against Dortmund in our final. You know, tour game in the US that we won, we would have seen the, the strongest 11, but we didn't. Um, and that kind of proved costly, I suppose. But having said, having watched the whole game, United were dominant in the first 45 minutes, only got one goal, and then conceded two very sloppy goals in quick succession at the end of the 45 minutes. Dortmund were very fortunate to, to go in 2 1 up at, at half time. So and in some ways, the, the reserve 11 did perform well. And mm. in particular for me, Palestri impressed me immensely again. Um, he's just direct, isn't he? He goes at people. Yeah. And he gets crosses in, pullbacks. And we saw little glimpses of it last season, Carl. Like where when he was given the opportunity, he did shine. He did show what he can do. But the manager, for whatever reason, didn't trust him enough, maybe. Um, so, yeah, we definitely can't have a repeat of that. So if he's not in the plans, we need to loan him out. Yeah, if the manager's prepared to give him actual decent minutes yeah. in this forthcoming season, I would consider you know having him on the bench every single week because he'd be a great option, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of competition as well, isn't there? Him and Ahmad have both made good cases uh, to, to be involved. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one. Um, he's going to have to make a decision on quite a few players in the next couple of weeks. Um, and 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 then, uh, sorry, just been distracted there. Um, so another interesting take from the game was Onana's distribution, which was absolutely out of this world. Um, some of the balls he was playing to Rashford were just immense um, and it's just a massive upgrade on the previous can... <laughs> <laughs> the smile on your face as you're talking about it says it all really doesn't it it's night and day um, yeah it's it's a huge difference to the style of football we're trying to trying to play uh, the only thing though I did notice yesterday for me that balance in midfield was not there um, so that that needs to be fixed for me um, I don't know if Amrabat coming in will help that but yeah, something needs to give. Um, I know it's very early days as well, and I don't really want to judge on preseason, but I need to see a bit more from Mace. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that in a second. Um, yeah, um, Onana made a brilliant save um, in the second half, and then he immediately turned on High Maguire, started sprinting towards him to give him a ball yeah. again. Um, which has made a few headlines. Uh, what do you make of that, Rush? Uh, I mean, listen, it's Schmeichel-esque, isn't it? I like a goalkeeper that's, uh, you know, commanding and likes to bark orders at all his defenders. Unfortunately, we know how the media and the social, uh, especially on socials, uh, how everyone is when it comes to Maguire, he's a polarising figure. So that's the one that they'll all concentrate on. But he wasn't the only one that had a bad game. Like, there was, you know, other individual mistakes and errors in defence. 
Um, but I think they've just kind of highlighted that one particular instance. I thought Onana gave a great interview afterwards, actually, and broke it down really well. Yeah, Maguire nearly scored an OG with a header from a corner as well. It was yeah, <laughs> nothing seems to go right for, for no, no, yeah. Honestly, I think it's it's best. We've been saying it for for a long time now, haven't we? I think it's best for all parties if they just part ways. Um, I know earlier in the week, uh, last week was it? Uh, West Ham submitted a twenty million pound bid, which got rejected. Uh, let's hope they come back with a second offer. Yeah, well, it didn't seem from the reports that they are going to come back with a second offer because no, they're not. They're not getting the impression that Maguire is particularly keen on going to going to West Ham. Mm. Um, only Harry wants to go to a bigger club than that. Um, I don't think he can afford to be that picky. Uh, to be honest with you, no, no. And listen, West Ham are a decent club, and they've just uh, won the Europa uh, Conference League as well. What more does he want? Yeah, I've been in Europe three seasons running now. So yeah. yeah. He's not going to. I mean, he's not going to get any better than that. I mean, Manchester City are not going to come for him like. No, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like we're we're looking at bottom half of the table teams anyway, and out of the clubs interested, I think West Ham is a very good option. The other places I can see him fitting in are places like Everton and Wolves. Yeah, because West Ham have just won the Conference League and yep. they're in the Europa League next season. He's not going to get better than that. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. You get to play in the Europa as well. Yeah, and yeah. So why not? Why not? Um, my worry is as well, obviously, the wages he's on, it means that I don't think there'll be too much of an improvement on offers, offers coming our way. Yeah, that's another reason why um, West Ham are not diving into this too much mm-hmm. and only offering mm-hmm. money because uh, the wages will be a, will be an issue for them. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely loved uh, Onana barking at defenders. Like you say, it was Schmeichel-esque. And I, I love to see that from a goalkeeper. I love to see leadership from a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, but he was very diplomatic in his interview, as you say. He said, um, I tried to talk to Harry. Um, I tried to talk to them a lot because he's referring to defenders. I know he's a good player. He's one of the captains of the team. That's big and he is good with the ball. So I would demand from him a lot. And he's a good player, great guy. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to come out publicly and say... Harry's a, a bang average defender and he should leave the club. You know, he's going to be diplomatic about it in public. But even he must be thinking privately that Maguire is not up to the standard. Um, I mean, listen, even when we were really, really good, uh, you know, Patrice Evra and them lot, when they give interviews, they talk about the training room bust-ups and uh, on the training pitch, they used to have all kinds of fights behind the scenes. Um, but, you know, there, there's unity there as well. So uh, I don't really know what to make of it. I think Anana will probably keep the same energy with anyone. It just so happened to be Maguire, and which is why it's blown up the way it has. Yeah, that's another reason why Maguire needs to move on because everything that goes wrong for him now it makes big headlines. Um, Listen, everything goes against him. Like there's no winning. Um, whatever he says, it's always uh, flashed across everywhere. Um, we, so yeah. Like he was talking about on the previous pod with mm-hmm. uh, Callum, he doesn't help himself with some of the things he says in interviews. Um, it just uh, it's not the right mentality for Manchester United and talking, saying things like he he has nothing to prove. Mm. Uh, I've won ten games in a row at Manchester United, and they're like Europa League and League Cup matches, and you're like, no, come on, Harry, you're not saying the right things here. But uh, yeah, like like we've said many times, he, he needs to yeah. move on. I think it's human nature, isn't it, to be a little bit defensive. It's it's one of those. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly he's fourth, fifth choice. Um, 
surprisingly, we've actually done business a bit earlier than uh, I was expecting, which is nice. Um, he, yeah, so, um, he, could be, he could be sixth choice if Johnny yeah, Evans yeah, is yeah. in the contract. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you, you broke that to me first. It was on here actually. <laughs> well, we were, yeah. I was, yeah. I wasn't having it at the time, but yeah. Listen, stranger things have happened, eh? <laughs> yeah, because he was only training with the club at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Since then, he's got a a contract to the. Yeah, to I'll the tell club. you what. I, I I don't know why I did this, but I woke up at like three in the morning to watch the Wrexham game, <laughs> and Johnny Evans was the only senior player in the starting lineup. Yeah, and he get, he came on last night as well. Um, he's probably going to start one of the games next weekend. Yeah, and and, t- and what's even more telling than that is that Tin Hag every time he's interviewed about him keeps talking him up, so you can just see it mm-hmm. coming, can't you? Yeah, most definitely, and especially because yeah, you know, certain players, especially ones that grew up around the club, uh, there is a certain affinity towards them, isn't there? So you know, Tin Hag obviously came from Ajax, which is a club associated with blood and young players all the time. But it cannot be argued that Ten Hag absolutely loves veterans, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, when needs must, isn't it? So I guess in terms of that, you'd have to assess the process in a couple more years down the line. Um, Once you've established a, a proper system and you've got everything flowing, then we'll see if he puts an emphasis on youth and, and, and building them up. It's very difficult to build up youth from the get-go when you're trying to work towards something. Well, we've seen him bring Garnacho into the first-team squad, and now yep. it looks as if Kobe Menu is going to follow. Now, it's very unfortunate that he picked up an injury mm-hmm. early on. What a compliment it was to start him in, the, in that game against Madrid alongside 10 first-team. Most teams. definitely, and I'll tell you what, he's looked impressive as well uh, from what we've seen of him. Yeah, against Arsenal, he looked like the hundred million pound midfielder. <laughs> I know it's only a preseason friendly, and we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. But yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he looked good. Um, and in terms of young talent, well, I mean, we've got our senior striker now. is uh, is only twenty years old. Yes, and we will get onto that in the second part of the show. Um, yeah, so a few of the more senior players, especially the ones who who, who play for England. They haven't done very much in, in pre-season so far. I looked a bit off it. Uh, Rashford, Luke Shaw, and obviously Maguire. Um, even Bruno's been hit and miss. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few. Casemiro not been great, I, th- I think. I, I thought Sancho did all right. Um, yeah, he's done. he obviously scored in the Arsenal game. Yeah. Uh, and he's had a lot of... Good moments in other games, like yeah, and it was interesting because going forward, I was wondering, oh, are we going to see him more in like centrally as a, as a false nine or? Yeah, probably. Um, mm. Because I don't think I can't see Rasmus getting fifty starts next season. So no. unless unless he's just uh, he hits the ground running, um, yeah. So I think Sancho, but, but already, him. Carl, they're they're building him up for failure with with that one. The writing's already on the wall, isn't it? Like obviously, the fee doesn't help him. The size of our club doesn't help him, and on top of all of that, the bloody name uh, sounds very familiar to to that yeah. absolute cyborg across the road. And they keep they keep they keep billing it next season now as Hoyland <laughs> against Haaland. You're like piss yeah. off, and it makes no sense. Yeah, they, they tried to do it last season with Nunes just based on the fees, uh, and look how that turned out. And this one is even more ridiculous. I mean, the kids had one good season in Serie A. Like this is a totally different kettle of fish. 
we're going to have to manage him. Yeah, I would be happy if he got 20 goals in all comps next season. Oh, I think that would be, be outstanding. I'm not even expecting that, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, Sancho has looked bright in parts in mm-hmm. preseason. I think kind of the, the Sancho at United it was kind of summed up in that Dortmund game where he would do like lovely turns to take Matt Hummels out of the game. And then his pass to Van der Beek would be a bit short. And you're like, yeah, yeah he's there. He's almost there, but he, he's not quite there yet. You know, mm-hmm. um, his confidence is kind of improving slowly. But just yeah, not... yeah, this is going to be a very important season for him. So, yeah, it'll be telling. Uh, from what we've seen in preseason, I assume there will be a bit of a role change. So we probably won't just see him out on the wing. So that'll be interesting. Um, one of the other things that stood out to me yesterday, Ericsson. Um, do you think he's kind of done? Do we just have to be very conservative with him now and use him for certain games? Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. I think the FA Cup final was a big giveaway that he, mm-hmm. he, he does not have the energy required to play in the system. Yeah. Like, lovely guy. Love the experience and all of it. But we surely we have to use him sparingly. Um, and I know next on the list is probably Amrabat. It looks like a deal that can get done. I know there's interest. If that if that happens as well, I see Ericsson falling further down the pecking order. Yeah. According to Romano, um we get Amrabat uh, if we get Fred or Van der Beek off the books. Um, and that is a possibility, isn't there? Because I think Fred... Uh, there's interest from Galatasaray in Fred. And Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. And so I then... had... Yep. And I had a random report linking Donny to Lazio. But I don't know too much about yeah. that. I don't know if that's just made um, at this stage. Real Sociedad seem to be the, the team in pole position at the moment for, for Donny Van der Beek. Okay. And is that alone? With an obligation or option? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it could be a loan, but I would, mm. I would, I would want, I, I want permanent transfers. I'm sick of you know loaning out players all the time. Yeah, and getting no fees. Um, I mean, this is the first summer in which we're actually started to receive fees for players, isn't it? So that's um, at least something. Nothing massive so far. No, nothing massive. Um, yeah, but I and, think. And the most expensive sale we can make is probably McTominay for forty million. But now yeah. he's going to be capped because of Manny's injury. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. But I mean, listen, if if Amrabat's on the table and we get a good offer for Scotty, you you'd assume we'd have to take it, right? You can't let opportunities like that go. Yeah, because he McTomin- This is the only time McTominay's going to be worth forty. It's the million. only t- only time you're going to get that from. It. And yeah, despite how he looks, like he's about twenty seven. I know he he looks about a decade younger, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I think yeah. If we get the, that signing in from Fiorentina, I think the then we can let McTominay go. I think because then yeah. that means we've got two CDMs. Uh, in the and, yeah, and that's that's an exciting that's that's a, that's a signing that will excite me as well. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by his passing passing stats. They're very very good. Yeah, he was. I know we often say that international tournaments are not. Yeah, but he should be basing the, the best marker. There. But yeah, I mean, he did shine at the World Cup though. But I, yeah, he. I thought he was immense in the World Cup, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do wonder why there isn't, you know, I'm not saying it's because he's he's a bad player or anything, mm-hmm. but why isn't other clubs interested in him? Um, yeah, I think there's a Saudi club are looking or sniffing around him. Mm. Uh, it's not a surprise, um, but I don't why 
I mean, who would have thought when who would have thought when Cristiano went over there that you know the floodgates would then open? Like they've been signing everyone. <laughs> yeah, nothing's n- nothing's yeah, impossible at this at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, every United fan is excited about the prospect of signing Amrabat. Why, why is no other big club interested in them? I think that's a bit strange, don't you? Uh, I guess it depends on the needs of the teams, right? I mean, where else would he go? Um, <clears throat> yeah, Like in the Premier League, certainly. I mean, Chelsea are looking at, they've set their sights a bit higher. They've got Moses uh, Caicedo lined up. Uh, Liverpool have already invested <laughs> in their midfield. Caicedo is looking like £100 million now for uh, Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because now after the Declan Rice deal, you know everyone has to sort of align the their valuations, don't they? So yeah. But but speaking of midfield, and you, and you touched on it earlier, Mason Mount has been fairly average in in preseason. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's very hard to judge on preseason. Um, when it was initially announced, that I wasn't the most excited about the deal. Um, but it's one of those where he was. Eric's primary target and the confidence that he has in him um, you know we can tell by the fact that he's got the number seven shirt as well so it's one of those where you just have to trust the manager and you know see how it pans out really yeah, yeah definitely um, I, I do think there is much more to come from Mason Mount obviously yeah. um, if we can get the best virgin the version of him on the pitch Mm-hmm. Then we're, then we're yeah, off. and that's what I mean. I think it's about getting that right balance in midfield, and I don't think that's quite there yet. So it's going to be a work in progress. I mean, but you know, other things are going to add to it as well. Uh, I mean, Hoyland coming in is going to ch- change the dynamic. Uh, just having any sort of threat in the box, you know. I'm uh, playing. Someone. I'm playing devil, devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. But towards the end of last season, and now in preseason, Casemiro just looked a bit. Off the pace, given his age, is that a bit of a concern to you? Uh, it is a tad bit of a concern. This is one of the key reasons why I wanted at least a backup to Cass because there's no other place player that could have come in to take his place. So that's what makes the Amrabat deal uh, that much more important. Yeah, um... and I don't think he's a world beater by any means, but you know, uh, based on what we've seen and the the age. And the valuation, it's it's very tidy business. Yeah, if, for example, I don't think it's going to happen two seasons running, but like last season's situation where Casemiro missed the game at the Emirates because of a yellow mm. card, if we've Amrabat there, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have so much... It wouldn't be absolutely it wouldn't be, Yeah, it wouldn't be as much of a drop-off. But you say that, but I'll tell you what, at Old Trafford, we didn't have Cass. And McTominay came in and did a brilliant job. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Yeah, but obviously, uh, as as uh, the evidence of last season showed you, away games are a lot tougher mm-hmm. than games at Old Trafford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'll tell you what, because, yeah, we saw that over the course of the season as well. Uh, Eric was very naive, I felt, at times. And that's something that we're going to have to watch out for this season to see if he's learnt from his mistakes or if he's still going to be persistent in the same approach. Because um, I think it was the same things we were talking about, isn't it, Carl? Like, you know, he was quite late with his substitutions in certain games and then just, yeah, naivety, I guess, 
is the best way to describe it. Yeah, and at the Etihad, he played a midfield too. Yeah, in the in the pivot of, of Ericsson and McTominay, big big mistake. Um, and Casemiro was available there, and he and he and he sat on the bench. Oh, uh, that, that the Etihad one was horrible because their their heads dropped as soon as they came out. I mean, about a minute into the game, we thought. Uh, we, it looked like looked as if we were going to concede, and it was like a game of pinball for those first ten minutes. Yeah, I'm not ex- this season. I am not expecting us to go to all these uh, yeah. big stadiums and win all those games. I no, just no. want to see an improvement in the performances and yep. get the odd results. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. That's what I've said as well, and I maintain that um, it's not so much about the defeats, but it's the manner in which you lose. Yeah. No. Four nils or six threes or seven. Nils. Yeah, yeah, no shipping goals for fun. Um, but with that, I, I do think it takes time, uh, especially with the new goalkeeper and how how uh, expressive he is with coming out and stuff. I'm sure there are going to be times where he gets caught out. But you know, we need to improve as a unit. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's going to be a a work in progress. I hope we all sometimes you know when you know it's a new manager. Oh, there's lots of new players and we're, we're trying out new things that we can stutter at the start of the season, lose the opening game, yeah. we lose the second game or draw the second game and it takes a while to get going. Mm-hmm. They, like last season, for example, we didn't win until the third game and that was yeah. a totally unexpected win at home to Liverpool. We thought we were going to get absolutely thrashed Most in that definite, game. Especially after the opening two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, t- it took... Liverpool to come to town to galvanise the team yeah, to yeah. win in the game, but the Brighton and Bradford games were a disaster. I hope we don't start the season like that. That's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, already there's one or two things that they're doing that I don't like. Obviously, the ownership we're not even going to bother discussing because who knows? Uh, Christmas is probably going to come sooner. Um, the Adidas deal. Um, they've announced a 10-year extension uh, worth almost a billion. Uh, I think it was like 900 million or something over 10 years. Uh, a bit of a surprising one, that one. Uh, it caught me off guard, uh, only because why would a club who, you know, on paper at least, are looking to sell, uh, be in a position to sign such a deal without that being resolved first? So makes me wonder if there's things happening in the background. It shows you what a juggernaut that Manchester United are, that they can do these deals even in the present circumstances. And yeah, it's yeah. a record, record as well. Yeah, it's a record. Yeah, it, always, it usually always is, isn't it? <laughs> With us. <laughs> Um, so there, that's a big one. Um, another thing, slight uh, area of concern for me, uh, whatever the hell they plan to do with number 11, they need to sort it out ASAP. Um, I heard reports today that they're going to make an announcement after the first game of the season. I think that's ridiculous. I Before think the first just, game of the season, is it not? Uh, I thought it was on the first game of the season or that weekend. Um, but I think that's too late, to be honest. I just think that, you know, you don't want that circus going into the season. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm uncomfortable talking about this for obvious reasons. But yeah. I think they're just. They're just afraid to make a decision. Which is stupid. And by not making a decision, that's probably the worst decision you can make. Yeah, I just want to done and dusted now. Like yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like if they wanted to integrate him back in, then they could have tested the waters during the tour. And if they didn't want to do that, then all right, fair enough. You want to sell, then sell. Like, don't drag this out any longer than it has to. You can loan him out, you can sell him. There's loads of options. But this, what you're doing right now, is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's... Like, all you're doing now is setting it up for that first weekend of games where everyone's going to be asking Eric all kinds of silly questions. 
yeah, it's procrastinating, isn't it? Exactly. Um, and especially if we have a bad game as well, you know, you can imagine the kind of questions that are going to come his way. <laughs> a few comments here from Realist United and his, now nah, that guy is fine. He is just competition. Um, he's talking about Amrabat and he says that, please, no <laughs> no more McMuffin. <laughs> I assume he's referring to McTominay there. Yeah. yeah. Listen, he's a bit part player anyway, isn't he? So that's why I don't have as much uh, venom for him. Yeah. Um, another one thing I wanted to touch on was uh, Forjon, um, who played 36 minutes and was quite bright. Um, had a bit of an altercation with the, the fullback that he was facing, although he got booked and I don't really think he did that much, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. But Ten Hag substituted him and then had a, you know, a, a bit of a pep talk with him on the side of yeah. the pitch. What do you make of all that? Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Do you, do you think it's a bit like what happened with, with Hannibal against Liverpool? Um, mm, although that was, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, really. Uh, but do you young... think it was a, a test to see how he would handle being substituted like that in a, in a game where he had started unexpectedly? It, it, it could be. It could, it could well be. Who knows? Who knows? With these young players, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of them because sometimes, you know, we'll see them in pre-season and then we just, we just won't see them again when the season starts, you know? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't anticipate we're going to see too much of him throughout the course yeah, of the season. Yeah, yeah. He, so wasn't one very, of those. he wasn't very pleased, was he? Uh, understandably, yeah. in the circumstances. Um, but Ten Hag, not, not, not many players get an explanation when they're substituted on the pitch, no. but um, in this situation required an explanation, and he got one in front of the cameras. So, yeah, it was an interesting one. Um, I, know he's in, I know he was booked, um, mm-hmm. but I thought unfairly, really. Um, but maybe he thought that there was a bit of needle between, between him and the fullback, and it was a third party in the Portman team got involved. Yeah. Um, so he thought the sensible thing was to take him off, particularly as there was a sending off for United in the Wrexham game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't probably didn't want the team to go down to to ten men. Uh, yeah. In preseason again, because um, that was a, a disaster against. Uh, F- funny enough, in the game we were probably the roughest. There was no sendings off uh, against Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was a plenty of complaints from the <laughs> Arsenal fans. Complaints. Yeah, there were. Uh, funny was, enough, though, a lot of the ones I spoke to before the game were saying, "Oh, yeah, this isn't even a friendly." So, but then afterwards, yeah. you want to complain? It felt like it was twenty years ago. Arsenal yeah. fans complaining about uh, hard tackles from United players. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you what, the only other debate I've had with Arsenal fans in more, more recent times is uh, which one of us has got the worst away kit this season. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, diabolical, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's atrocious. I don't like it at all. Oh, so it, I... it's, it's it's one that split uh, opinions, though. I don't know what it's like. Um, do you remember that that dress that went viral years ago, where some people saw it as blue and black, and other people <laughs> saw it as white yeah. and gold? It is kind of like that because yeah, I was shocked when some people told me they really like this new awakening. I was like, are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing? <laughs> you know, some somehow later managed to make it look half decent. Um, mm. I know, it seemed to go well with those. I mean, in the photo shoot, it looked right, you know, but they weren't in a footballing setting. Like, yeah, they, they were. They were wearing like Paul Smith <laughs> um, menswear. Yeah, they? yeah, it looked like they were going out for dinner and that. And in that instance, it didn't look as bad. But on the football pitch, yeah, atrocious, especially the full sleeve version. Oh, all the lines—it just it gave yeah. me an aneurysm. 
Mm, yeah. yeah, it's terrible. I think it's whenever I first seen the leak of it, I thought, yeah. surely this is a wind up. Yeah, um, yeah. When I first, I thought it was black initially. I thought, oh, is this? Why have we gone for a Newcastle kit? Is what was my initial uh, reaction. <laughs> but like it, I don't hate it as much as I did. Um, mm. Maybe throughout. The I don't actually week. mind the dark green. It's all the lines and stuff that complicates it for me. If it, without the lines, it would have been alright. Uh, the leaked uh, white one that's due to come out. That looks. Oh, dark. that one looks nice. Yeah, yeah that that should have been the yeah. away kit. That should have been our yeah. away kit. <laughs> we'll probably end up using that one more often. Yeah, hopefully we wear that one more. That one's actually really nice. I like the simplistic logo and stuff as well. But yeah, and more of that, please, Adidas. Assuming that will be the the official kit. Sometimes these leaks are yeah. not, not always correct, but yeah, yeah. So. There was plenty of changes then in the game after 61 minutes. Most of the, the big names came on then. Um, I know Daniel Gore didn't get any minutes, neither did uh, Hull Mayberry. Um, obviously, Unana, Martinez, Wambasaka, Shaw, Evans, Casemiro, Mount, um, Rashford came on, and Joe Hugel came on as well for Sancho. Yeah, so lots and lots of changes again. And two games um next weekend back to back back to back and one in Old Trafford and one in Dublin. It'd be interesting to see which one the first team playing and which one Yeah I'll tell you what um I was trying to make sense of the lineups in this tour and the conclusion I came to is that you know what when they planned the tour obviously it wasn't planned out in any sort of cohesive plan. It was more so of money in mind which is why there was a lot of back and forth and travelling and whatnot. And also, 40-plus degree heat out there in Vegas. Um, I, I just think the players were knackered. Um, and to acclimatise to that as well, I think that's probably why we saw the changes that we did. Yeah, but that's been happening throughout the tour as well. Because yeah. in every preseason, yeah. you start off with 45 minutes mm-hmm. each. And then sixty-two minutes each, and then yeah. finally you'll get to ninety, probably. Yeah, but you know, with this one, it was just strange because from Houston to San Diego uh, and all of that, like you know, you're kind of backtracking as well. So there's a lot of travel involved in a short space of time, um, and then yeah, so this these this three four days leading up to the Dortmund game was the only time they had a they had a few days to settle really, and then you're settling when it's forty plus degree heat, which none of our lads are used to. Hello, in the Allegiant Stadium, which is the second most expensive stadium ever. I'll tell you what, that stadium is beautiful. Yeah. That, um, that was some stadium. What What's worth mentioning, though, is that it was like over 100 degrees Fahrenheit mm-hmm. outside the stadium, but inside yeah. the stadium is only 70 Fahrenheit because of the air conditioning. Because of the, the air clo- conditioning, yeah. yeah, On the closed roof, yeah. So, yeah, it's about as modern as it gets. State, that's state cool. of the art, state of the art. I'll tell you what, that's a template uh, for all other football clubs to take. To try and build that on a smaller scale even would be amazing. Yeah, maybe that's what the new Old Trafford will look like in 10 years' time. <laughs> Whenever the gazers piss off. Well, yeah, if ever, if ever. I'm just, yeah, I've, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I've, I've lost hope, really. I'm not even, not even paying that any mind. Yeah, I'm just I trying to we... look at positives, really, and the positives are that I'm sure we've got business done earlier than usual. Yeah, I, I don't even think about it anymore. The ticket, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's not even a conversation topic in the podcast anyway. No, it's not. It's just, yeah, it'll be a pleasant surprise if it happens. Well, I say pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it does happen, we'll have to weigh up and break down the pros and cons of what comes next. And you know that Sky Sports News reporter, he does all the kind of the business end of things and uh, he has an unusual name, I can't remember. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I know he was talking about a Cavill, so- Soverhal or something. Yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. So whenever he says stuff like he did a few days ago that there could be movement on the Manchester United ownership next week, you're like, <laughs> please, you've said this fifty times now. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've heard it all before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, this is all clicks and downloads and yeah, exactly. And like... Listen, the only thing I'm taking solace in is, uh, is the little bit of business that we are doing uh, by way of outgoings as well as incomings. Uh, yeah. Although it does concern me that nine hundred million pound deal with Adidas, that mm. might convince them to stick around if they're oh, able to. Um, oh. If they're able to bring in money like that, then it, mm. it, it might you might see the, the two main glazers hang on. You know, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? They could. Yeah. Let, let Let's hope not. See, I, my thinking. Well, I wanted to put a positive spin on it. You see, so I was thinking maybe they were willing to agree to such a deal because they know that there's going to be some movement happening. Like, otherwise, why would you put up that sort of that sort of money uh, over such a long period of time as well? Like, you don't invest that kind of money unless you have certain assurances or you know that the club is moving in the right direction, right? Yeah, well, we'll have to wait. Because as far as I know, this one isn't structured like the last one either, where... Uh, part of the funds was dependent on European qualification. Yeah, it's guaranteed money. Guaranteed money. So, yeah, so that, that's got me thinking. Okay, Realist here says we need a centre-back as soon as possible, in his opinion. Absolutely. Um, yeah, whilst I don't disagree with that, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a priority. A this priority, summer. yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It depends on the budget as well, actually. I know people uh, haven't really talked about it as much. I mean, I guess rivals have. When you actually add up the money we have spent, it is a fair fair amount. Yeah, I can see next summer Varane being replaced, you know. Yeah, yeah. But if that's the case, then this is the perfect time to sell Harry and to get someone young in who can come in as a rotation option. Um, one player I really like is this French centre-back by the name of Tadibo, plays for Nice, um, which is a... What's-his-name's club? Uh, Sir Jim's. Yes, yeah, Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have heard some links from us as well with him. Uh, apparently, earlier in the window, they did like watch him and stuff. So, but again, I think that's dependent very much on Harry. Um, but I have a feeling that they'll just leave it to Harry. To be honest, it's one of those. If he pushes a move, I think we'll see some action. If he's not, not pushing, might. he's not, he's not, he's not pushing, pushing at all. Is he? Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing. And his England place is pretty much guaranteed. Whilst Gareth Southgate's there, so you mm. know. He says he's, he wants his, his, his PR team are briefing that he wants to fight for his place, but he has mm. no place. Um, how how many hints does Ten Hag have to drop? That only... I mean, at the end of the day, he's got a contract, hasn't he? So all he can do is try his best, and um, you know, his PR team are obviously going to say stuff like that. Um, for me personally, it's on the club. Uh, the club have to make a decision. Like Eric needs to. Well, I think Eric has made it known. Uh, by way of his actions, the fact that you know 
there were times we could have played Harry last season and he opted instead to move Luke Shaw to centre-back. Says it, said it all for me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not only the Shaw thing, but losing the captaincy. Yeah. You know, I mean, Johnny Evans coming in. Like, he could end up being sixth-choice centre-back. You know, it's clear that Ten Hag doesn't even see him as second or third choice. So, no, nah, he doesn't. But I mean, yeah, so I, I don't blame him all the way. Like, you know, all he can do is try his best, right? But it's up to the club to make a decision. But yeah, to, this summer would be the ideal time if you are going to change. Because, like you say, in a year's time, I think it will probably be time to move Rafa on. Yeah, especially if his injury. Yeah, and and, think, and we'd have to, you know, keep our fingers crossed that that Saudi come calling, because <laughs> I don't know who else is going to take on those wages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, three fifty yeah, a week. I'll tell you what, he's thirty years old. If we do move him on next summer, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if a club and Saudi were interested. Because yeah, no, no, it would be perfect, isn't it? Wouldn't it really? Because um, he's a he's a massive name in the world football. Yeah, history. massive name. Yeah, when you look at his history and all the things he's won and whatnot, yeah, they'll love that. They'll let that up. Yeah, but that's only if we can replace him with class. Um, that's, yeah. That's important thing. Yes. Which is um, why it would help if we could get Maguire moved on and get someone young in this summer, because then they could at least be a rotation option and we can see if they develop and, you know, yeah. it would make it a bit easier. Well, knowing Ten Hag, he'll, he'll, he'll want to sign a ready-made player next summer, I would say. Mm, He's about mm. 25 or over. Um, anyway, um, Marshall Sabitzer played in this game, but not for Manchester United, <laughs> for uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, so both Sabitzer and Sancho were playing against their former teams in, in that fixture. I think Sabitzer came, on, came off at half-time and Sancho played 77 minutes. And Yeah, again, like I said, slow progress for Sancho. Um, at the moment, probably not going to start that Wolves game, but we'll wait and see what happens next weekend. Yeah. Um, so, let's move on to talk about Rasmus Hoyland. It's been confirmed mm-hmm. that Manchester United have done a deal with Atalanta. £64 million with £8 million in add-ons. Talk to me, Bruce. What would you make of this? Big, big fee. Uh, big <laughs> fee. A lot of pressure on young shoulders. Uh He's got a lot of potential, but at this stage, that's all it is, is potential. And our league is 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 tough one to come into at whatever age, let alone at 20, on the back of one good season, you know? Uh, so, yeah, uh, I like the attributes that he has. Uh, it's very hard to judge based on, like, compilations and stuff. Um, you're just going to have to be very patient with him and give him time and trust the manager to embed him into the system. Yeah, like I said earlier, um, if he got 20 in all comps, I'd be absolutely chuffed with that. Um, yeah, honestly, I think that would be amazing. Um, honestly, I, I put it probably somewhere between 10 to 15. Um, yeah, if he, if he can get 10 in the Premier League, I'll be, I'll be happy in his first season. Yeah, um, let's hope he can get as many as possible. But yeah. I also think... Uh, a focal point is going to help the other players as well. Most yeah. definitely. And this is the thing, like, you know, um, from where we've gone from, like, from Weghorst to Hoyland, even at this, his tender age, I think it's such a big upgrade. 
Yeah, definitely. He's, I mean, he, 18 months ago, he's playing in the Danish Super League. Yeah. Um, he's moved around quite a lot in that time. Mm-hmm. You know, Sturm Graz, Atalanta, and now Manchester United. Yeah. Um, I've been obviously trying to get myself uh, psyched up for this by watching yeah. YouTube videos. I, I think, I, I'll tell you what, I think, had it been a Harry Kane, I think that our, our attitude would have been very different. I think there would have been a different level of buzz, um, you know, because it would have, been someone that immediately took us to another level whereas with this one we just have to be very patient and see how it pans out yeah Kane would have catapulted us to title championship (laughs) it it definitely would have it would have yeah it would have in the Champions League as well it would have given me some hope probably false hope at that but you know (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah no big big fee big fee but um it's the way of the market, isn't it? What can I say? Everyone costs uh, ridiculous amounts these days. Um, it's just about trusting in the manager and uh, having faith in the kid. It's a five-year I think, contract. I think we got this wrapped up fairly quickly because yeah. PSG were showing an interest. PSG were, in yeah, they were showing interest, yes. But by yeah. that stage, I think he, I think he had made his mind up as well that he wanted to come to us. So that's always yeah. a good sign. He's a boyhood United fan, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a good sign. But I've been watching a couple of videos on on, on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I would, you know, recommend people check this out. Yeah. Um. This one is Rasmus Hoyland against Lazio away back in February, where he was man of the match. He scored in a in a two 0 win. But not the goal was something that we're lacking. Um. Where he. He got on the end of a pullback in the six-yard area, slid in and slotted into yeah. the net. We haven't seen enough of those Chikorito-type goals in, in recent yeah, years. Yeah. And, yeah, and last season, how many times did we see the likes of Shaw or Garnacho trying to put in crosses, spraying it into the box, but there's just no one there to pick out? Yeah, and apart from that, his dribbling ability is immense. Mm. Um, his he's, quite quick. he's quite quick as well for a big lad. He, he's, what, 6'3", yeah. but he's... Uh, yeah, he's pretty fast. Yeah, he's very quick. In fact, um, his top speed last season was mm. higher than Rashford's, who's United's fastest yeah. player. I think he could do the 100 metres, I think, what, in just under 11 seconds or something? Yeah, I mean, United's top five fastest players last season were Rashford, Dallow, Anthony, Shaw and Malassia. Um, mm. Now, Rashford's top speed was 35.95 kilometres an hour, whereas uh, Hodgeland was slightly quicker, uh, 35.97 kilometres an hour. So yes. that gives, gives you an indication of how quick he is. Mm. But um, yeah, he presses uh, as well relentlessly, wins a ball back high up the pitch quite mm. often. Um he, go, he goes past players, he picks out a decent pass, he can hold the ball up really well as well. And these are great attributes because, you know, um, He's when the goals when the goals dry up or if you can't provide the goals, then, you know, as long as you bring others into the game, you can be a very useful piece. Yeah, I've no doubt the crowd will be patient with him, but it mm-hmm. also, you know what social media is, like a cesspit. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, that. that's my only concern, especially the fact that people have already started talking about that, him versus... Harlan lets me know where everyone's mind is at. And it's mental. Oh, it's just stupid. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 
I would also recommend people check out another video of him. It's called Rasmus Hoyland Destroying Everyone in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so lots of his goals and assists. In, I see you've, you've gone down a rabbit hole, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't name the video myself now. <laughs> but, uh, an- another one of his goals that I love was actually, people might say it was a fluke goal, but it was because of his work rate that he got it. There was a, an opposition goalkeeper was passing the ball out. Hodgeland um, mm-hmm. closed him down with a sliding challenge and blocked the, the keeper's pass and it looped into the net. Now, I, I love that kind of Tevez, Tevez-esque kind of work rate, chasing yeah. down the goalkeeper. and Because you never know what could happen by just yeah. showing no tenacity. Um, so, yeah, so he oh, chased down. Yeah, and that's, that's a player I loved as well, our club. Um, just the way that his work rate and work ethic and the way he brought the best out in others as well around him. Yeah, and it's in complete contrast to Anthony Martial. You know, yeah. he's never going to chase down the goalkeeper. No, uh, no. Uh, listen, that's another one we haven't really mentioned on today's stream. But um, again, you know, if there is an offer, <laughs> we seriously need to look at it. How how is it ever going to happen? Those wages. Yeah, yeah. Who would want them? Like, like, not... Indy record and the wages, no chance. Yeah, not even Saudi's going to be looking at him, are they? Because otherwise that would have been ideal. I don't really care about the fee. Just to have him off the books, it would just clear up a lot. Yes, realist, I did say Tevez. I know people don't like the use of this example. I, I'm listen. I'm the only. I'm the. I'm the anomaly. I'm the only one that has a, an appreciation for Carlos Tevez. Yeah, uh, very much appreciated between 2007 and 2009. But <laughs> after that, I'm not so sure. Um. But yeah, he is a good is a good reference for a striker who shows enormous work rate. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to use Berbatov as an example now, are we? Uh, <laughs> not when it comes <laughs> to work, right? <laughs> Fantastic first touch, though. But, it was it was a oh, delightful first touch. Berbatov's first touch is just a thing of beauty. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, Everything else though used to piss me off about. It. I can't lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody put up a clip on on X, sorry, not Twitter, yeah. the the other week, and it was as a away game against Blackpool, if you remember, where we were two 0 down and we won three two. Mm-hmm. I think I think Berbatov might have scored two and Chikorito got one, but um, Paul Scholes just drilled a pass at yeah. uh, Berbatov. I mean, it, it seemed a bit heavy, but he just killed it. Just yeah, it yeah, just killed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I've brilliant. seen some videos of drills as well where. You know where they shoot the football at the one of those cannon kind of machines where it, it's coming at you at pace? And yeah, he took one touch to just boot it up into the air and with the next one, he just brought it down. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and everybody remembers the, the spin he done against West Ham to set up Ronaldo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, setting up Ronaldo, there was that. And then there was the goal against Blackburn, the one where he sort of jogged from our half <laughs> and finished <laughs> off the Five move. in that game, didn't he? Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he put the put the five fingers up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was in a man's performance, and yeah, he was great, great, great player. Um, it's a shame I don't think we got we got the best out of him, but yeah, he was a fantastic talent. Yeah, I, yeah, he was a totally different player to Rooney and Tevez, wasn't he? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I just think he came to us at the wrong time. Like, our style of football at that time was not suited to a player like him. Um, so yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, you could argue 
not to go back into this again, but 2008 obviously was an, uh, an unbelievable season. But mm. in 2009, do you think Berbatov coming in potentially made us a bit worse? Even it though did. He's a, it yeah. absolutely did. That Yeah, because to this day, when people ask me, I always say, we should have started Carlos Tevez in that Champions League final in 09. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. But Berber coming in that season totally threw off uh, Carlos. And if, and if uh, Tevez started the Champions League final and we won the game, mm. he, he probably still would have been at the club in 2015. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And again, like, we messed him about as well. Like, because we had that whole second year to make the move permanent and we didn't. And... Tevez came out and said it was after he got left out of the Champions League final as well. That's when he made up his mind. That's when he felt like, you know, they don't really want me. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Him and Fergie never really hit it off, it seemed. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing with Berber, I mean, come the 2011 final, he couldn't even make the bench. Um, bloody Michael Owen got in ahead of him. Um, yeah. It's not what you want from your club record signing at the time. Yeah, Michael Owens' availability is even lower than Martial's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, yeah, you know, this isn't even the Ballon d'Or winning Michael Owen. This was the one that rocked up to us. Was I mean, I think it was between us and Stoke at the time were the only two clubs interested in him. (laughs) (laughs) That's where he ended up as well. Yeah, says it all really. (laughs) (laughs) Really says boo, brush is corrupting you, (laughs) Ken. Not a fan of Carlitos then, I presume. Yeah, no, no, none of them like <laughs> Diehard United fan there. And mm. wouldn't even acknowledge his brilliance. His two years <laughs> <of the job. laughs> um, yeah, so I think we've covered just about everything there. Um, so next weekend, we have a friendly at Old Trafford against uh, Lawns, um, which yep. Varane will obviously want to play in. And, and then we're then in Dublin? Dublin against Athletic Bilbao. Um, yeah. Now I'm I'm not sure which game we're going to see the strongest team in. I imagine mm. uh, one of the 11s that starts one of these games is going to be the 11 starts against Wolves more or less. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure which one it's going to be. You know, given that the Wolves game is on a Monday night, he might start the strongest team on the Sunday in Dublin because he won't want them to be undercooked going into the, yeah. the game with Wolves. So yeah, the Irish fans might be the lucky ones and get to see the first team. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, so look forward to those two games on MUTV. Uh, it is funny this time, time of the year when you watch the games on MUTV because the commentary is so biased, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Ben Thornley and um, what do you, uh, Stuart Gardner, is that what you call him? Uh, yeah, it's... I know they, they try to be a bit diplomatic towards the other team. You know, they try to... even, <laughs> But even they're... they're, they're Criticisms of United players are a bit soft, and, yeah. And when they, yeah, the company, yeah. I mean, yeah, when it comes to club related <laughs> stuff, you know what it is. It's like when I listen to the Man United podcast, uh, you can tell like when they interview current players, like you know, it's it's low balling, uh, softball questions, they don't ask the hard hitting questions. No, no, not usually, not usually. Um, and I think the closest you'll get to somebody, you know, going off script is David May. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and his beer machine. I love the sound of his beer machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so very much looking forward to 
these two games and then the real business gets underway on August 14th yes. and we have to suffer through the whole weekend and yeah. Friday night yeah. Friday night through to Monday night without any football yeah um, so ours is going to be the last game and we're going to have this other nonsense hanging over our heads as well because of the indecisiveness of those at the club yeah, I, I, I know. I know what you're saying. I know what you're yeah. referring to. But no, I haven't even given it that much thought, to be honest. Yeah. Um, just now yeah. and again, it, it pops up on X, and I and then oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. It's a bit like uh, Donny van der Beek for the last six months of last mm-hmm. season. I forgot he was even at the club. <laughs> and same with AMG. I forget he's even at the club at times as well. You know, that's what happens. I remember even when Alan Smith had that serious injury. I yeah, yeah. Forgot he, about he, him then. He disappeared for ages, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it took him a long time. Uh, same with Ollie, actually. You remember the last couple of years of Ollie? Ollie disappeared for about a good two years. It's, <laughs> yeah, he had serious knee injury, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's it then. Um, we'll wrap it up there. Um, everyone, please smash the like on the video, subscribe to the channel, get more of your comments in down below, and I will see everybody again later in the week. Yep, take care.